This week's episode of Legends of Gotham is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at audibletrial.com slash Gotham. Over 100,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Again, that link is audibletrial.com slash Gotham. Do you have any idea how many angry phone calls we've been getting this week? We've got a terrorist out there. And that's our fault? Jim. You tell me, detective. How is this my fault? Well, for starters, you have the mentally ill housed at Blackgate, a prison with no facilities for them. So you send them out for treatment, which was exactly where Hargrove was headed when he was broken out. I want him found. The idea of this podcast could be immensely valuable. Welcome to Legends of Gotham, where we talk about Fox's hit series, Gotham, set in the world of Batman. I'm Bill Meeks. And I'm Anne-Marie DeSimone. How are you doing, Anne-Marie? I'm good. How are you? Great. Yay! And again, I would like to reiterate, the idea of this podcast could be immensely valuable. The reality of it, not so much. Really? I guess it it has its place. It has its moments. Has its time and its place. Uh, but yeah, we're going to be talking about uh, this week's episode, Harvey Dent, tonight. Harvey. And uh, right here at the top, before we uh, get into talking about the episode, I just thought I'd mention that I, I wasn't aware of this until just a couple days ago, but next week is the fall finale. Ah! So, so we... Like- we- been about a month since we've done that <laughs> yeah we needed to do a good bruce wayne yell yep with a bruce wayne yell she went ah! i'm gonna glaze over now <laughs> no but it, it came up pretty fast but yes, uh, it really did yeah it's crazy it, it, it's insanity but uh, we, we will have a couple uh, a few instructions for you guys out there in listener land mm-hmm. uh concerning that here in a few minutes but why don't we go ahead and uh, let's start talking about this week's episode harvey dent <clears throat> you want to give us some uh, riddling rhymes of <coughs> rapturous rapid rapidity? Enough with the R's. Rapidity. Shut your face. <laughs> <clears throat> Why doesn't a lawyer have better lighting? Dent's half in the dark, but he's down with Jim's fighting. Ooh, hold on. my chair is running into things. <gasps> when is a mansion like an old box? When a young cat sleeps behind the locks? Did Hargrove build bombs? Yes, to a point. Why does he think he should be in the joint? If Barbara's not home, why is she still paying rent? A cat-bat food fight in this week's Harvey Dent. Harvey Dent. Harvey Dent. Harvey Dent. What'd you think of it overall? I thought it was amazing. You thought it was amazing. <laughs> yes, it was a great episode. What mm-hmm. about you? Oh, I, I really enjoyed it. I, I definitely, uh, definitely enjoyed it. I, it, it was, uh, it, it was another one of those transitional episodes. But so uh, that, much transpired. For sure, for sure, there there was a lot uh, that happened, and I, you know, I figured I'd start with the least important thing that happened in the oh, entire okay. episode. Oh, okay, let's do that. Okay, basically, I think that in this episode, Jim Gordon created Gotham as we know it from the Batman mythos. I don't think that's the least important thing. I no, no, it's definitely the least important thing, the thing that matters the least. Who cares about Batman? No one cares about that. Nobody no, cares. but I uh, actually, I Jim Gordon took a very small action in this episode that I think basically uh, created uh, Gotham as as we know it from the comics and mm. the video games and everything else. You know, with uh, Arkham Asylum being the place where all the the crazy like Batman esque villains go, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, kind kind of a breeding ground for them in some cases. But basically, I. Uh, what Jim did in this episode to cause that to happen is you you remember the scene uh, in uh, Captain Essen's office where mm-hmm. uh, the mayor's there and uh, he's talking back and forth.
forth with Jim, and he's like, how, the mayor's like, how could you let this happen? And then Jim's like, well, you're the one who kept all these mentally uh, ill, Ill uh, people in Black Cape Prison with all the regular prisoners and everything. And then the mayor... And then transported them for, for treatment. Yeah. And, That's crazy. And the, and the mayor just kind of... Uh, Shuts down for a second, kind of takes it in, and he's like, yeah, just fix it. And then at the end of the episode, we see that, that not only did that statement get to the mayor, but he's taking action on it. Right. And uh, we find out that uh, he's actually uh, opening up the uh, Arkham Asylum for all of the mentally ill patients from Blackgate Prison. The recently remodeled Arkham Asylum. Yes, yes. Which I, So somehow over the course <laughs> of this seri- or the uh, season mm. – Somebody remodeled. They slapped a, a fresh coat of paint up or something yeah. like that. Shoot the rats out. No, it, but I, it just kind of a kind, kind of a struck me as is funny that you know Arkham Asylum, which is you know a, a big cornerstone in the whole Batman's whole deal, his whole uh, interaction and relationship with Gotham City. Mm-hmm. In this version of the story, is actually kind of created by Jim Gordon. Yeah. Uh, through happenstance, that is kind of crazy. And I also there's been a lot of uh, a, a lot of little touchstone moments throughout the series too where we see jim kind of pushing bruce into becoming the type of person that would eventually be batman right. you know down the line and everything so I, I i think yeah i i think if anything this series is trying to prove that jim gordon is as responsible for the state of gotham city as you villains. know the person who pulled the uh trigger on thomas and Mar- martha wayne which we'll have some on in a minute <laughs> uh but uh, you you all wanted to talk a little bit about uh penguin and eliza's uh creepy penguins yes what's going on i'm not sure it sounds like a call of some sort is coming in did we know about this uh oh it looks like they have actually yeah that was weird okay okay sorry sorry uh i digress <laughs> um okay so penguin the creeper what i mean we all knew you were gonna go after eliza Basically, mm-hmm. after la- was it last week where he found out that you know Fish has somebody close to him, yeah, or close to Falcone. But really, with the smelling of and stealing of the nightgown and the perfume, yeah, it was definitely uh, played over just a sketch to be super extra, just duper creepy, extra super creepy. Mm-hmm. Um, why does Liza's apartment look like the character she's playing and not the actual Liza? Like, how do you mean? It seems okay. So, like the character that Fish has her playing is like this fifties housewife. Oh, okay. I, so you, you're you're asking why the apartment looks like one that would belong to a fifties housewife versus like the alt uh, kind yes. of lounge singer that we saw in the first episode yeah, with her the, character. Well, lounge singer, yes, sure. Yeah, no, yeah, that's a fair question. I would assume that Fish probably has paid for her to have some sort of like cover backstory because you know if. Falcone's letting her yeah, he that close to him in. where he uh, she can fix his tea and all that kind of stuff, then uh, he's probably had some guys follow her home. That's true. I'm sure at some point. That's true. And It I, just seemed a little off. Mm-hmm. I was just like, this doesn't make sense. It's not quite as creepy as Penguin's mom's apartment. <laughs> but I don't know. It just seemed a little funny to me. No, Oswald's definitely not, not the best person to be sneaking up and down stairs either. No, that was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, um, uh, okay and so going with that his weird smelling of fish mooney Mm -hmm. and then she's just like what are you even doing and he's like okay i'm i'm done here i'm gonna go (laughs) thanks lilacs she should have caught on with that though well, I, I'd, assu- I'd assume that she probably had an inkling, but it was one of those things where she didn't want to give it voice 
almost like in, she's in, not good at the not giving it voice though mm-hmm. or you know an eye ra- roll or something well i think she's kind of starting to realize how, how big of a threat oswald is and they, i mean him well, just, that i see yeah just him rolling in there like that just to do that one thing and then rolling right back out shows a tremendous amount of confidence and if nothing else if i was fish mooney would would say to me this guy has way more power than i think he has to for him after i stabbed him through the hand with a needle last time we saw each other for him to just roll in here sniff me mention a perfume that smells kind of like this girl i have doing a thing for me and uh, then it roll out like I, I, I'd be a little scared if I was Fish Mooney at this point. I think she is. Mm-hmm. I think she is. I kind of think um, her big plays this week were um, almost last ditch efforts. Oh, yeah. They're, she's grabbing at straws mm-hmm. because I feel like this was part of her. Um, maybe this had anything to do with the numbers or whatever that Liza stole a little bit. Well, that might be where where she got the information about the money. That's what I'm yeah. saying. That's what I'm saying. Like I think mm-hmm. those went hand in hand. And if she's already pulling that card, yeah. I don't know. Plus, plus, this move kind of struck me versus other moves she's had in the series, where if one thing went wrong and mm-hmm. you know one person got an extra thirty seconds with one of Falcone's guys, or one of Falcone's guys caught a glimpse of uh, her at an opportune moment, she would have been sunk. Yeah. She'd be done. If dead. anybody would have seen um mm-hmm. what's his face up on the hill. Yeah. Done. Completely done. And and so so it kind of uh smells like it's sort of like a desperate move by a desperate woman. Right. <laughs> considering all that. Right. And sure. then he was like, Aren't you concerned about the money? She's like, No, I never wanted the mm-hmm. money. I'm like Just wanted to hurt Falcone. Right. And I don't think it did. Mm-hmm. I don't think that hurt Falcone. Oh, probably not. I mean, we haven't got we haven't didn't get all seen the money. Falcone for a couple episodes now, which is like weird. Two. Yeah, still since since uh, the the big penguin the reveal. reveal. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, anything else on that? Yeah, I'm good. Okay, so uh, we did meet uh, the title, uh, the t- titular character, uh, Harvey Dent, this week. And uh, we even put a big HD on the wall if you're watching the video that we record Wednesday nights at 8.30 p.m. EST on Google+. It just looks like it says it, ho. No, it says HD for Harvey Dent. It says ho. It, say, it says number two for Two-Face. It's a hashtag. HD Harvey Dent. It says hashtag ho. It does not say hashtag ho. <laughs> but that's funnier. <laughs> it is a little bit. I know that Harvey Dent... <laughs> Showed up this week. We have and, found the episode title, and, and it, it kind of struck me as a what, what was the episode title? Hashtag ho. Hashtag ho. I'm I, you, He's you changing left. it. As, I know. No, I know I'm changing like it in the dock right now. Hashtag ho. Awesome. Here we go. Okay. <laughs> anyway, back to hashtag Harvey Dent. I no, but uh, he he made his first appearance. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, a, a lot of. Uh, Kind of uh, hints to who he will become, you know, with the coin flip. I even have mm-hmm. a coin right here, a nice little coin eraser I brought up for the occasion. And, uh, you know, the kind of a shadowed face and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, some indicators that he's going to eventually become the villain known as Two-Face. But I, I thought the, the the big thing that kind of said Two-Face to me, even more so than the obvious stuff like that, was just how manipulative he was and how, how willing... To do anything to get what he wanted, he was. And I found him charismatic. He was char- That was my first thing. I was like, Dent, charismatic. That's exactly what makes him so dangerous and what makes him so good at manipulating people, and though. that would be why Montoya and Alan like him. Yes, exactly. Exactly. I'm already and- catching on to the little things. <laughs> but, uh, you, you know, just every, every scene he had in this episode was just, had just sort of like this little manipulative, creepy thing that made me think he was kind of a rat 
think like you know the coin trick with the kid that mm-hmm. i guess is standard practice for him apparently you know tricking these kids into you know a better fate mm-hmm. which i mean you know an altruistic uh That's goal a good thing. And all that uh then uh kind kind of uh the way he presented his case to Jim Gordon uh, that he liked the idea of the witness mm-hmm. over ha- having the actual witness there and that he he didn't see uh Selena Kyle as a means to catch the Wayne's killer he saw Selena Kyle as a means to trick Lovecraft mm-hmm. into confessing to being the Wayne's killer so he could get the glory right you know and i mean i know that uh you know historically uh, you know, in No Man's Land, and I mean in a lot of Harvey Dent stories, he does want what's best for Gotham. But I, I think especially probably because he's kind of a young, trying to work his way up uh, mm-hmm. lawyer too, this Harvey Dent, uh, he, he wants what's best for Gotham because what's best for Gotham is what's best for him. Yeah. And so I, I'm kind of – I think it will be interesting. Oh, and also the freak out he had on Lovecraft where he was drooling towards the end of it. You know, I will rip you apart. And all creepy. <laughs> But, uh, you know, it, it'll be interesting definitely to see uh, wh- which way they're going to go with him first, whether they're going to go with him realizing that he needs to care about the city for its own sake or whether it's going to he's going to be pulled more in the direction of being manipulative and eventually being two face like, you know what I, I mean? He'll just balance back and forth because he doesn't really turn two face two face until later. Right. Like I he not into. In, in you know the current comics, not until Batman's already been active, and right. him and Batman and Gordon kind of f- form a trifecta to try and take down, I believe Falcone actually, mm. once and for all. In one of the classic Batman stories, The Long Halloween, and of course in like the Dark Knight mm-hmm. movie, uh, which you've seen actually, mm-hmm. uh, you're like, yes, I, I yes, think so. Yes, it's been a while. But uh, yeah, he he's definitely uh, supposed to be one of the good guys by the time Bruce puts on the tights. But this is alternate universe. This is Earth G. Earth Gotham, you know. This is Earth Gotham. So uh, we, it remains to be seen. Uh, so uh, speaking of Earth Gotham, Earth I have Gotham. really no good transition Those here. Those are but really you want to bad talk transition. About the Russians and fish. The Russians. The Russians are the working Rushkis, for fish. My They're, countrymen. Uh, um, so not that – I mean I guess it wasn't very surprising that the Russians were working for fish seeing as how she was sleeping with their boss. Mm-hmm. Um, I just thought I'd – kind of throw that out there that they are all dead now <laughs> they're all dead but it just mm-hmm. seems weird that they died and nobody else did like there was so many yeah, people nobody there else at the no scene. no the that bomb guy didn't die scene. yeah the obviously jim didn't die mm-hmm. they didn't get that far away yeah so that that seemed to, i didn't think they died until he was like no they're all dead well i kind of got the implication too that like the the specific reason fish sent them mm-hmm. uh was because i i think she halfway suspects that oh what was the name of the russian guy she was sleeping with i don't remember um yeah i wrote it down here somewhere i can't remember what it was but uh the guy who nikolai i think yeah nikolai uh but uh you know uh she was probably i think she's probably suspicious that that was an intentional hit when it you know it was made to look kind of like an accident mm. but that that was a specific strike against him because of their relationship and their mm. plans against falcone so i think i kind of think she sent his guys in to be like yeah i was controlling them and they don't matter to me like i'm just trying to get to you like mm-hmm. i think it's like all like 12th dimensional chess uh you know psychological warfare between oh, yeah. fish and falcone and fish is losing <laughs> Fish is losing really quick. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, granted, we've seen most of us have seen the preview, and it doesn't quite yeah. look like the death of fish. 
Although they do say there will, like, and this isn't really a spoiler. It's a very g- generic statement. Don't worry. But they say that there'll, there'll be a, a series-defining moment mm. next. So there's so many. I think series-defining moment could be well, like, it, yeah, other things that happen in there. Bruce takes ballet, puts on a familiar pair of gray and blue tights. It would be a series-defining moment. I, the bat I, signal is created. Well, I was going to say, I'm pretty sure if, if Bruce Wayne takes bat ballet classes, then uh, mo- it will define the series for most people from then on. Yeah. For sure. It really will. Uh, you, you should pull up uh, Batman back there. He's back there. Oh, he is back here. Hold on. Let me get yeah. Bruce. Yeah, we need, Wayne. We need Bruce. Master Wayne. Please don't do that. Stop food fighting with the girl. Do not throw your bagel, Master Wayne. <laughs> Hello, Batman. Hello, Master Wayne. Just sit him here on me. Yeah, I just thought we should bring him out because now it's time to look at this Joker. Look at that Joker. Look at the Joker. Hey, He's Joker. right there. He's on a card and look, he don't I'm, care. I'm making the Batman dance and you've already turned the camera off. I have. <laughs> I'm about to throw him at you. Now it's time for look at this Joker where uh, we take a look at the Joker clues, uh, plot lines, and I, random stuff that makes us think of the Joker mm-hmm. every week in Gotham. Uh, now we've been doing this for a while now. And and while we didn't see any specific Joker references in this week's episode, mm-hmm. there is something worth pointing out. There okay. is. Now, if you come here to the page, uh, you can get it at legendsofgotham.com and then click on the link. Look at this Joker up at the top. Mm-hmm. You know, we keep it all here. You can come in here and comment Ish. anytime you want to, any, any Joker references you see. But you scroll down here and you see we've been keeping track of it since the pilot. And then we get into episode two. And And something kind of interesting here. Uh, Yeah, this guy right here. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you guys remember him. He bumped into Bullock and then said, hey, clown, watch the shoes. And it got me thinking. It got me thinking, uh, especially uh, tonight on on this week's episode, when they did the sketch. Because if you see here, the sketch and the guy... They, they look, look pretty darn similar. And here, here, here's what he said. Hey, clown, <laughs> watch the shoes. No, but they, it they looks look almost lot. identical. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, I, and uh, like I said, this, is, uh, this guy was from episode two, Selena Kyle. Mm-hmm. And uh, also remember that he had, he, he had a, a thing about his shoes and the killer had, had shiny, shiny shoes. shoes. So this is the reason this guy kind of, in plus the purplish sh- suit, kind of clued a, to us as a Joker suspect right. initially. And also, in, in specifically in the Tim Burton version of the Batman's mm-hmm. origin, uh, the Joker's the one who kills the, the Waynes. Mm. So I, I'm wondering, you know, the shiny shoes connection and everything. This guy, I, I'm almost 99% convinced, is the, the Wayne killer. I think we've solved the Wayne murder. Well, on what do we Gotham need to tonight. do here then? Um, yeah, pat All ourselves done. on the back. Everybody get a shot. We'll celebrate. <laughs> pat ourselves on the back. No, but I, 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 I'm, I'm 99% sure this is the Wayne killer. It's a matter of why. Why? Who, who sent him? I'm, I'm, based on this episode, I, I'd assume Lovecraft. Yeah. Actually, I'd probably assume Falcone and he was trying to frame Lovecraft. Really? Yeah. I think it's the chick from Wayne Industries that was creepy. Oh, the Warehouse 39 chick. Yeah. But see, I think we'll, – we'll, we'll get to this in a second, but I oh. think she's connected to Lovecraft. We might, actually. I can't remember well, if we Well, and she's that. connected to Falcone. Mm-hmm. 
Because this is what Gotham does. A big web. web. But yeah, I think we solved the Wayne murder tonight. Probably, maybe. But I'm definitely going to pull this clip out and put it on YouTube if we're right. Because you're really proud of yourself. I do. Well, the thing is, like, I I sent it out there for scrutiny among the community. Like, I posted it on Twitter. I posted it on some Facebooks, uh, some Facebook groups. I posted it on Reddit. Mm -hmm. And everyone seems to agree. Yeah, that's probably it. So, But that makes it too easy. Yeah. It's way too easy. It almost makes me think maybe that's what the writers want us to think and that they're going to throw a swerve in there swerve. but it also it would it would just make so much sense because he was in the police station and that was right around the same time selena kyle was hanging out around there it seems like someplace he'd want to be to take out the only witness of the murder uh, but he doesn't know she was the witness i guess probably not i don't think so yeah Okay, so forget that last part, but the rest is a good theory. It's a good theory. Oh, look at good. that Joker. Hey, look, look at that, that Joker. Joker. Hey, look at that Joker. We're What's he doing? Joker. He's joking around in. Everybody People likes probably it. even mute this section. <laughs> probably. I would. I would. Definitely. Okay, uh, something we wanted to mention here uh, in the middle of the show while everyone's still listening. Uh, <laughs> real quick, Unless is, they've muted us. Is since uh, next week's episode, Lovecraft, is the, uh, oh. the mid-season finale. I, I thought it would be beneficial to mention that we would also like you guys' opinions on the, the half season as a mm-hmm. whole or the fall part of the, <laughs> the season. The half season as a whole. Yes, the half season as a whole. The half season as a roll. A buttered roll. I was going to say, with uh, butter and jam. <laughs> no, but we'd, we'd love to get your opinions on the series as a whole so far. And if you want to do that, go ahead and uh, when you're done watching Lovecraft next Monday night, go ahead and uh, take a leisurely stroll over to your computer. We're not recording till Wednesday. And email mail us at greetings from story or no. Nope. Nope. Try <laughs> Legends again. Legends of Gotham at gmail.com. <laughs> Tweet us at Legends of Gotham. Uh, Facebook is facebook.com slash Legends of Gotham. And the voicemail number is 424-274-2352. Again, that's 424-274-2352 to get all of your opinions about Lovecraft and the series as a whole for our big, I'd assume probably a little extra long. Probably, uh, yeah fall finale and we're going to be doing some extra specials we're going to do a podcasters round table maybe a listener round table and a cast interview thing uh that we're going to arrange Ooh, sometime cast soon interview thing. if you've listened before you might have an inkling of who that might be <laughs> okay uh, but let's see before we get back to the main discussion Yersh. i thought uh we actually got uh, and this is someone who interacts with us on on the legends the of gotham twitter a lot lady J called in with a little a few thoughts about the the ketua which uh if if you're not familiar that's ketua? i think ketua i think you pronounce ketua? that wrong ketua ketua yeah i'm sure she it, says it better than you it's the barbara uh, kane uh renee montoya ship uh, you know, relationship thingy. But uh, I love Lady... that you just explained what a ship was on this podcast. I did. Uh, but Lady <laughs> J had some thoughts on it. So take it away, Lady J. Hey, Legends of Gotham. This is Lady J giving you guys a voicemail. And I was really excited about Kitoya, the Barbara team and Renee Kitoya. Montoya ship. The episode was definitely a highlight and uh, uplifted my spirit. <laughs> and then I rewatched the episode and came to a very, very sad realization that poor Renee is being used. During the episode, Barbara tells Jim that she's feeling needy and screwed up and she's scared and she needs to get herself together. Then we see her with bloodshot eyes, um, probably from crying or maybe having way too many drinks. Who knows? But uh, she's there with Renee and is probably wanting Renee to fix her and then she can go back to Jim on my and fixed. 
this child part don't work x-ray. No one's going to get hurt. Except for Renee. That's okay. That's okay, Barbara. Because, you know, breaking someone's heart can become a percussion. So maybe that's just me and having you rewatch the episode and there's two particular parts to me then. That's just me. Anyway, nice to meet you guys the voicemail. And uh, we'll catch you later. Bye. Bye. Thank you very much, Thank Lady you. J. Yeah, it was great to hear from her. Uh, I know, for, for to sure. finally hear from her. And we always are talking on the Twitters. Talking on the Twitters and stuff. But yeah, definitely a good point. Uh, you know, Renee Montoya is not going to come out of this. It's clean not going to be all. good. Like, that's the thing. And I, do, do we have much on that no, later? No, no, okay. go ahead and go for it. We'll, we'll go ahead and talk about this a bit now, then the the, the, the cliffhanger of sorts uh, with, of. with them both in bed together. Yes. No, for, for one, it was like, uh, I think it was last week when uh, Montoya apologized to Jim and everything. Mm-hmm. I was like, finally, uh, the character is going to start becoming likable. I'm going to be happy with her and everything. And then. No, it gets all thrown out the door. Right? I still it's, like her. But the thing is, I was like, I was so pumped this week because I was like, okay, finally, you know, Jim's going to be out there building Team Gordon. It's going to be Harvey and Crispus and Renee and everyone's going to be working together on a and team. And the rest. And then she sleeps with his fiance. Well. <laughs> and uh, look, I actually, uh, on my last watch through, I, I kept like looking at uh, Victoria's, uh, Renee Montoya's face, like in the background mm-hmm. and stuff, like being like, was it happening then? Like oh, trying to yeah. see, catch if there were any like little glances or anything. Uh, there really I, wasn't. I, yeah, I don't think I caught anything. But yeah, and it's like, it's one of those situations where it, it, it's not any criticism on the performance or anything, but I, I'm really, I really hated Renee Montoya this episode because, you know, she, she broke, a, she, she's hurting team Gordon. I I'm thought upset. it was awesome. I like I no, don't get me wrong. I thought it was a great moment. Like I want I wouldn't have the writer the Gotham writers change the moment as it happened at all. Mm-hmm. And I think I have the appropriate response uh so I'm as an appropriate. audience member. No, I I just mean like uh you know so, cuz Jim's the protagonist. I know. You know, you, you're anyone who works against the protagonist is kind of working against uh the audience in a sense. A little bit. And so I I know I'm feeling what I should as an audience member but still like ah, come on come on montoya get it together come on montoya stop sleeping with barbara <laughs> okay let's see here okay let's uh let's walk back uh kind of the 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 uh to normalcy st- status of the relationship and let's talk about the bat cat relationship a little bit I love which was the far more innocent really... well was it for now for now <laughs> definitely I, 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 if well, you hit me, you get to kiss me. Like that was. I, I was going to say, if there's any phrase in in the history of this show to perfectly describe the the Batman Catwoman relationship, it's that right there. Yep. If you hit me, you can kiss me. Yeah. More or less. No, but uh, they did such a good job with it. Yeah. Just, just all overall. Like I even really like that. You know, all of her interactions with Bruce, especially like the kissing stuff mm-hmm. and everything. He would just get just like slightly awkward. Like he wasn't sure what she wanted him to do. Whether with this information. What, what answer am I supposed to give? Yeah, and it, it really actually reminded me a lot of Adam West and Julie Newmar's relationship back on the old 1966 Batman series mm-hmm. because, you know, the way Adam West played that Bruce Wayne Batman is he was like very justice citizen and, mm-hmm. you know, he, he didn't really know much about the real world. So anytime Julie Newmar would come on to him, the reaction was basically like this to where it was just like, okay, um, uh, kiss? Awkward. Uh, weird and... Then he'd get into it. Then he'd get into it, of course. But no, <laughs> I also thought it was really good and really sort of accurate to the comics how Alfred was very like distrustful and not wanting this woman around. The cheeky at all. little minx. Mm-hmm. Exactly, which minx is great because minx is cat, right? Ah, uh, 
Is it Minx a cat? I, I'll look. You well, talk. Yeah. But uh, in, anyway, he, he always historically hates the women, women in a Bruce Wayne's life until he doesn't. And he realizes how positive an effect they have on them. And, and you kind of get that scene in this episode, too, with when he walks in on the food fight and he's like, yeah, you know what? I'm going to go out and call uh, Jim Gordon and, uh, you know, maybe she can stay for a little bit. Oh, my. Are you having trouble finding Minx? Or? I'm finding things that are not what we were talking about. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Do not just search for Minx in a picture. Just say. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> you don't want to do that. Oh, my. Minx. Okay, I'm going to have to close that Yeah, window. don't search for that. Don't do that. <laughs> Did you <laughs> no. just get Yeah. But also Cameron in this episode, Catgirl. Catgirl. I, like, it just – and this is the most she's got to talk in any episode. Yes. In, in the – Probably by like a factor of 10, the most screen time she's gotten. And it just strikes me even more this episode just how much of a little clone of Michelle Pfeiffer she is. Oh, yeah. The Batman Returns oh, completely, Catwoman. Completely. Like she just looks exactly like – like if they looks needed like to cast Michelle like Pfeiffer's daughter, mm-hmm. they'd cast Cameron. Or her younger mm-hmm. self. Yeah, and I guess she had never acted before. No, she's a dancer. She's like an amazing yeah. dancer. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean like there, there are a few moments where you can kind of tell like may, maybe her performance isn't as tight as maybe a more experienced actresses would be. But at the same time – She's 14 or whatever. And I was going to say <laughs> stands head above most other kid ac- actors and actresses on TV today. Yes. Like I, I think yes. much better than like say Carl from The Walking Dead or even like Jared Gilmore yeah, from Once I Upon a Time. It. I was like, I'm just going to let it go. Did a much better job than Jared Gilmore from Once Upon a Time, which is uh, we do a Greetings from Storybrooke podcast. We did the 100th episode this week if uh, you guys want to check that out. Cross promote. Cross promote. Cross promote. Cross promote. So, uh, no, but I really uh, – like uh, everything about – actually, Catgirl and Bruce and Wayne Manor kind of was the episode for me. It was. It was so precious because mm-hmm. um, I think – well, my we're just sort of going to transition into my little thing. I think she was giving him some training that he really needed uh-huh. and that Alfred can't provide. Yeah, I – I also think that I, it, there was also a big contrast in style, too, because mm-hmm. where Bruce is more about planning mm-hmm. and preparing and, you know, for this big mission he feels he has, Catgirl's more about the immediacy about, you know, just getting to the end of the day. She's yeah. like, you go out there like that, you're mincemeat. Mm-hmm. I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, pretty much. Yeah, but he, he, I, I think it's just uh, – I'm sure she'll definitely be pulling Bruce over in that direction of kind of being reactive instead mm-hmm. of proactive like Batman For parts, is. yeah. Which, which is good. But, you know, it will help him be a more rounded Batman. For for sure and everything, but I, I also thought that scene did a really good job of contrasting their their styles, even that will uh, stretch out even into their adult careers. Correct. Too. Correct. Um, I also think, like in the very beginning, when uh, Jim takes her to the penthouse, mm-hmm. I think she wants Jim to adopt her. You think? Yeah, I kind of get that feeling. Well, I think she just like the apartment. That's no, 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 such no, a nice no because she keeps. This is like, well, I mean, I want to live in that. Adopt me, I'll mm-hmm. live there. Um, but every time she sees him and interacts with him, mm-hmm. I get the feeling she's just like, you know, so I get to stay here now. <laughs> yeah, it's sort of like the typical orphan that you see yeah. in TV and movies. Well, I, th- I think a, a big part of it, too, is it seems like anyone who 
interacted or first came into contact with Jim Gordon in mm-hmm. the pilot kind of reveres him and has him up on a pedestal and also knows there's someone they can use to get what they want. Like the Penguin mm-hmm. uh, has done this precisely in, throughout the entire series so mm-hmm. far. Uh, Harvey, to a degree, you know, yeah. uh, for, right from that first scene, you know, called him a Boy Scout or something along the, those lines. Of and so, you know, I, th- I think it, it's also a matter of seeing that play out too. like anyone who met him in the pilot, you yeah. know, ha- has him up on this has pedestal him. and, you know, th- thinks he can help them. Nice. More or less. Marsh. Okay. But it, was that all for, yeah. for you on that? Yeah, that was all that was good. Okay. Uh, let's see. Oh, yeah. And uh, so, something else I wanted to mention. Like I said, they, they that whole dynamic was pretty much the episode for me. Nope. I but I also thought it was interesting that uh, she she was trying to get him not to blame himself. You can't do yeah. that, Cat. That's not going to happen. No, she can't do that. But um, like she said, a gun is a gun. What are you going to do? Mm-hmm. What were you going to do with a gun in your face? Well, see, the, actually, like I think that's a very positive thing to present to him, though, because maybe now he's thinking, what's he going to do when faced with a gun? Yeah, exactly. Which like, is kind of what she's doing for him. Like, and, and that's something else that's a little interesting too with young Bruce here is it see it feels like because we especially because we know how his story ends up mm-hmm. that any challenge someone presents to him for what he's doing and mm-hmm. how he's uh you know behaving mm-hmm. and conducting himself you know any challenge he faces uh, to us appears like a problem with a solution that he's gonna find right. you know where to the characters in the moment maybe even to bruce himself it's more like Actually, I think I'd like to see a little more doubt in Bruce sometimes, really. Because hmm. he doesn't seem to doubt his direction very much. No, no, he doesn't at all. And I mean, even in this episode, you know, last episode with the bully and everything, he was like, I want to be homeschooled and stuff. And Alfred wasn't going to have any. And apparently he's being homeschooled now because he mentions, you know, defining his own, own curriculum, like underwater basket weaving. Uh, or... the underwater basket weaving. Yeah, but uh, so yeah, I, that was weird. I thought that was interesting that it, and I mean, I guess in a sense, you know, to grow up to be someone like Batman, you'd probably not have too many challenges <laughs> to, well, to what I you want to do. Um, with the homeschooling thing, he really just wanted him to go to school to have interaction with other people his mm-hmm. own age. Yeah. Um, but then Alfred took him to like the big shot's house and had to beat him up. Yeah. So it might not really be a mm-hmm. great place for him to go back to. Yeah, kind but of. we can definitely see the positive effect of that, though, in this episode, for sure. Well, that was that was going to be my next thing, is mm. as much as Alfred hates Catgirl, and he wanted to come in and yell because they were having a food fight, he was like, oh. mm. and then the big smile on Bruce's face, and he's like, yeah, I'm just going to walk away. I'm going <laughs> to let this happen. Yeah. So. Yeah, it, and uh, it, it was also, that that was a cool scene, like the food fight was a really cool scene, just because I think it's the first time we've ever seen Bruce acting like a kid, or the yes. first time he's felt like a kid. Yeah, you know. he hasn't felt like a you know like thirty four year old business executive. Mm-hmm. He felt fourteen. Yeah, yeah, and he just, just so good. Everything about mm-hmm. the bat and the cat in this episode. Ah, uh, the bat and the cat strikes back. <laughs> okay. Uh, oh yeah, you didn't have a point here, did no, you? Uh, no, because my last one had to be a last one. Mm, okay, but it was kind of irrelevant now. <laughs> okay, uh, so I wanted to talk touch briefly on. I, I, I'm kind of tracing Ed Nigma from episode to you episode really here, almost down to to a scientific <laughs> uh, point, which works. I yeah, but uh, I, I'm kind of tracking his relationship with uh, Harvey Bullock. I, I, Bullock. I almost said Harvey Dent. I was like, he um, hasn't met Harvey he, Dent yet, to the best of our knowledge. Uh, but no, I, I'm still pretty sure that when he cracks and he starts riddling. 
Uh, mm-hmm. Harvey's going to be the first victim or the yep. first person he goes after. Yep. And you you see him go back and forth with Harvey in this episode. Is if, if you're going to go by with like points, mm-hmm. Harvey gets a plus and then a minus in this episode. Right. Uh, in the episode or in the the first uh, one, it's uh, when uh, Harvey tells him thank you mm-hmm. uh, for uh, with the video game scene. Thank you, Ed. Yeah. And, yeah. and then he's like. Thank you, detective. And his voice cracks. He was all emotional. It was really—you could tell he was really excited about it. He's like, they're finally starting to see. They understand. I am special. Yes. And uh, I'm cool. Then you know, after he goes and he does the experiments with the iron and blows the hole through the iron and stuff, and then Harvey's the one who figures out that it's Gotham Armory that's going to be attacked and everything. He's just so deflated, and, and they don't even want the iron block. That was, I think that might have been almost more of it is they didn't want to take the cool block that he just yeah. exploded. And even when he was doing that experiment and everything and listening to the radio trivia show and stuff, you were just like, oh, he's in his happy place right now. Uh, see, okay, I didn't completely get that he was doing work. Oh, really? I thought this was the beginning of the crazy in the village. Oh, like he was starting a plan or whatever? Uh-huh. See, I, I kind of have this theory just because there's so many like – lines he starts to say uh like with purpose like this is gonna be really clever once you guys figure it out Uh or you know just like little things like the the question mark on the mug and everything Mm. i wouldn't be surprised if at some point we get a reveal that he actually is already doing the crazy stuff i think he is and that all these little scenes that seem disconnected and just like kind of little touching in on the character Mm -hmm. Like, if you play them all in order, it's going to be, oh, and this is how he blew up half the city. Yes. <laughs> or, you know, something like that. Some sort of thing that he's just kind of building up to and building up to. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just can't wait to see him break. Because when he breaks, it's going to be so deliciously fun. Yeah, it really, it'll be good. So deliciously like fun. It. Do you want to do some uh, quick... Yeah, we'll uh, do quick bits because... Okay, for those reasons I just mentioned, my last point was, Barbara, come home. Oh, wait, you're busy. <laughs> yeah, a little busy. A little, with, uh, little, little busy there. Talking to her old pal Montoya. Oh, we didn't even talk about the prisoner guy, really. Oh, the uh, yeah. well, he was kind of superfluous. I felt so bad for him. No, He's he like, was... I don't want to do any of this. They kidnapped me. Save me. Yeah, he was definitely a very sympathetic character and everything. And But, but you know, with everything else going on in the episode, like I said, he was just kind of like... A guy. He, he was there. <laughs> and he needed to be. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But he didn't have to be. Cat girl is always hungry and drinks milk. Mm. Uh, yeah, and this is uh, more of what I was talking about. Uh, if Lovecraft called the hit, it's because the Waynes were getting too close to his Warehouse 39 business, which we heard in this episode that Wayne Enterprises and all the and Falcone and everybody's mm-hmm. all connected with. Yeah, the, everybody's got something mm-hmm. over there. Uh, the gift basket bomb. Weird. <laughs> I, I thought it was interesting that uh, Catgirl mentioned that uh, her probably fake mom uh, was into show business mm-hmm. and stuff because it just kind of made me think of Fish Mooney a little bit in mm-hmm. Fish's Club. Like maybe if there is an actual real mom, maybe uh, the mom is either a dancer at Fish's Club or Fish herself, especially mm-hmm. since they've hit all those uh, motherly points with Fish too. Wow. I, 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 that seems to be – mom seems to be a very thematic thing with Fish. Oh, it is. Plus I think it would be cool if the penguin killed the fish, which was the mom of the cat. Oh, or something. Okay. Or something. Uh, I like that um, the bat and the cat each point out that they both move quietly. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I, I, I don't think that the scenes with Liza and the Penguin this week shot down my theory from last week that Fal- or Liza's working for Falcone now. Nope. Nope. Um, food fight for kisses. <laughs> 
Okay, uh, let's see here. Oh, yeah, and the, the idea from Harvey Dent, completely stupid. It's going to get Catgirl killed, guaranteed. The what? Guaranteed. The idea from Dent about using the, oh, yeah, the yeah. idea of the witness well, as kind killed. of a lead with bad people. Bad, bad people. <laughs> it just puts Catgirl in danger. Okay, let's see here. Um, out of Uh-oh. arbitrary scale time. Oh, no. Out of 37 bruised rolls. How many bruised rolls would you give this episode? Bruised rolls? Yeah, because they get bruised when they were throwing them in the food fight. Oh, I really wasn't understanding. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go ahead and give it 31. 31? 31. Um, I liked it. Lots mm-hmm. of lots of good things happening. I like seeing the growth in the bat and the cat. Um, It's cool getting to see De- um, Harvey Dent. Mm-hmm. Not enough Harvey Bullock for my taste. Um, yeah, he's been light the past couple episodes. Light the past couple episodes. Light, light, light. light. Um, but yeah, good things. Mm-hmm. Good things. Overall. Good things. You? I, I'd probably give it a thirty, mm-hmm. just because you know, like I said earlier, it was sort of a transitional episode. Mm-hmm. I thought the performances were all great. I nope. thought the writing was great. Nope. I thought they, the things that happened in the episode was mm-hmm. were great. But I know it was just uh, miles two through. 49 on a 50 mile journey and i'm really anxious to get to that 50 mile marker you know what i right. mean well the thing is we know that next week's going to be massive mm-hmm. since it is the mid-season break which was a surprise <laughs> yeah for us yeah i don't think i realized that until like yesterday yeah <laughs> but it's kind of crazy yeah but, but no it'll be good i'm uh, very excited to see what happens next week and remember to send in your thoughts on the Here's finale please. and the season uh, now, we're going to get to the news here in a minute, but uh, first off, uh, oh, yes. nor- normally we have a Audible read here. We probably still have the Audible thing up at the top of the episode, but I just wanted to mention uh, this week, I have a new uh, Dog Boy adventure coming out. I, if you guys don't know, I wrote I write uh, prose stories about a superhero, a 14-year-old superhero named Dog Boy, uh, who protects Colta City us- using a... a, a trunk full of magic tricks and a collection of magical powers he inherits from his father and uh the fourth book in the series which i'm serializing uh the first episode of that comes out this sunday it's called eye of the scarab and uh amory if you want to read a little on that oh okay sure let me thank you <clears throat> colta city is a timeless old town but time is catching up to it old friends and old enemies close in around bronson black and an impossible choice hangs over him as a modern world bleeds through dog boy considers the past his decision could spell the end of his crime fighting career but maybe that's a good thing in the first episode dog boy finds a device that combines google glass oculus rift and a tiny bug-sized drone yeah, and that uh, last little bit wasn't part of the actual description. No, no, it wasn't, but I went with <laughs> no, it. No, I was just going to tell people, uh, you know, I, there's a lot of sort of uh, like surveillance state kind of notes that get hit in this thing. And uh, one of the th- uh, big set pieces of especially the first episode is a little device. It's the Scarab from the title, this little drone that you throw throw on these virtual reality glasses and you can fly around. And uh, so I, I thought that might be a cool little hook, too. But uh, like, like I said... Uh, it, a lot of fun. And if you like Gotham, I think you'd probably like it. Yeah, it has a similar feel. Yeah, like, you know, a lot of people have said that uh, Gotham feels they, – they're not sure what decade it takes place mm-hmm. in. That is actually a plot point in Dog Boy. 
that the the Colta City is a town like that that's sort of timeless, and you're not sure what decade it's taking place in. It's an actual plot point, so you might find it interesting if you want to go ahead and uh, it's available for pre order now. It'll be out on Sunday. The first episode of Dog Boy Eye of the Scarab. You can find it bit.ly slash Eye of the Scarab. And uh, I guess that's about it. So now, on, on to, to the, the news. News. Okay, first up, the ratings. And uh, Gotham uh, what, got a 6.5 million viewers and a 2.3 share. Uh, ticked up a tenth of a point. Nice. So not We'd like bad. things going up. Not too bad. Okay, let's see here. Uh, Ooh, net- the promo. Okay. Yay. The promo. Oh, I never showed. Uh, I should have shown this. Oh, this is the Eye of the Scarab. Yeah, this is the Eye of the Scarab right here. Merp. Just figured out. Great. Uh, Artwork by Tom Gurky there. Thanks, Tom. Tom. Cover art. Uh, okay, let's see here. Uh, yeah, and this is the promo for next week's Lovecraft, episode 10 of Gotham, also the fall finale, and uh, mm-hmm. we'll describe it to you. Because <laughs> we're not going to play it for you. And there's Wayne Manor. Run! Oh, looks like some people are breaking into Wayne Manor. Alfred Professional assassins going after two teenagers. Yeah, Alfred kicking more ass. Uh, the br- Down, Bruce jumping Bruce. between buildings. Penguin, uh, penguin had a bag on his head. Yeah, fish looks all scared. She's with Falcone. Alfred kicking more ass. Mm-hmm. Um, Some chick in a tight suit. Alfred kicking more ass. Bruce, Master Bruce. Yeah, so I think uh, this is definitely going to be like the episode that Alfred really shines in. And I'm so excited. So for So excited. Yeah, and it looks like a lot of stuff's going to be going down this this. Episode. I think it's going to be boom, 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 mm-hmm. boom, boom. And it'll be cool. Also, be cool to see the bat and the cat sort of out of the manor to kind mm-hmm. of with no supervision, basically. being ruthless out on the streets, like cat girl said. Meow. You remember that? Mm-hmm. You remember what she said? I remember. That? I okay. Remember. Uh, next up, uh, uh, one of our uh, constant listeners on on both uh, podcasts, we do. Patrina sent us in uh, this article from DC Comics called Five, Five Burning, Burning Questions. Questions about Fish Mooney. Uh, Amory, you want to run through these real quick? Okay. Sure. Doop, 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 doop. Sorry, scrolling, scrolling. <laughs> Question one. Seriously, where did she get that nickname? <laughs> Basically, how did she become the fish? Very um, good question. Two. Did she have anything to do with the murder of the Waynes? Mm, I wouldn't put it past her. Although at this point, I would lean more towards Falcone no. than fish. Yes. Three. What's Fish's plan for Liza? Haven't we already figured that one out? Yeah, I think that was like made apparent in the first scene with Liza. Yes. Come on, DC Comics. It's your show. Four. What does Fish have against Falcone anyway? That's a very good. That and, is the question. And that probably ties back into question one with where'd she get the nickname? What's yeah. her backstory? All that kind of stuff. Yep. Five. Are Fish's days numbered? Duh. Yes. Yes. A thousand, thousand, thousand times. Yes. yes. Okay, and uh, let's see here. It, oh, by the way, you can find links to all of these stories in the show notes at legendsofgotham.com. And uh, next up, uh, pretty cool, pretty cool, uh, Harvey Dent, uh, which was featured in this ep- – who, who was featured in this episode? He's not a witch. <laughs> Yet. Boy, oh boy. I know, but he's going to be a series regular in uh, season two, he mentioned in an interview Oh, in season this two? Week. Yeah, in, he's going to be back for guest appearances this season. But he'll be more important next season. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. It, I didn't realize season two. Yeah, well, well, I hear, I'll read uh, what Go he ahead. had to say about it. The actor, uh, Nicholas Augusto. I have this great mini arc here in the middle of the season, but the writers have other things that they have to bring to the table. Mostly the story is about this arc with the penguin and fish and all that. Right now, my story is kind of contained. Come second season, I become a regular on the show. I think we'll see a lot more of me branching out next season. And that's how we were confirmed that Gotham is getting a season two. 
pretty much. Because <laughs> all of that still has a few mm-hmm. more weeks before they do Although, that. If you listen to like Danny Cannon and Bruno Heller, they're like, yeah, and then on se- we, we have plans for season five and like all this well, stuff. Well, why wouldn't you? Okay, mm-hmm. this is – you don't always get this. This show keeps going up with ratings. Yeah, yeah. And at this point, this is where they usually dip It's a bona- because everybody's getting busy. Mm-hmm. I think next week's going to go up even more than this week. It's a bona fide hit. And yeah, I think really uh, the main thing he's saying here is just that uh, they loaded the pilot with so much stuff that mm-hmm. they they still have to spend Rafael the rest that. of the season paying that off. And they really they, only have one major thing. Well, I think it's really like it was just like the whole like sort of Game of Thronesy kind of mob thing. Oh well, you know, yeah. I that, that's kind of the plot for this season. And then a little cat girl here and there, maybe some poison ivy. Well, I was about to say, I love hair. poison ivy. Uh, but uh, let's see here. One other thing I wanted to mention real quick is that Gotham uh, was nominated uh, for some sim- cinematography. Cinema- cinematography. Cinematography awards. Uh, David That's Stockton, awesome. uh, who was the cinematographer uh, for um, Gotham. the pilot. Uh, he, uh, yeah, he got nominated for the pilot, which I thought was cool. Uh, nominated with with shows like Game of Thrones and a couple others. So I thought that was really cool. And, and yeah, just the graphics on the show were so distinctive. It's it, this so is a strong. beautiful show. Mm-hmm. It's just a very beautiful show, and it takes you exactly where it wants to at all points. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and even even though they have different directors on in every ep- episode, it, it still has that. like it, uh, a consistent visual voice. You it's know what I mean? Not too moiky. Not too moiky. Not too moiky. And like I said, you can find the links for all of those stories at legendsofgotham.com. Okay, and now we'll take some time for some listener feedback. Uh, remember, uh, we want your feedback next week for Lovecraft and the series, the half se- series as a, or season as a whole. Yeah. Uh, you can email us at legendsofgotham at gmail.com. The Twitter's at legendsofgotham. The Facebook is facebook.com slash legendsofgotham. And the voicemail number is 424-274-2352. Again, that's 424-274-2352. And we have a couple voicemails here. The first one comes from Bobby, who didn't like this episode so much. Bobby! Uh, take it away, Bobby, with, with conditions. Hey, Bill and Marie, it's Bobby. The past few episodes of Gotham have been great, so I was looking forward to this week's episode, but i got to say I was a bit disappointed. Uh, Harvey Dent was a bit too old. I don't think the age gap between him and Bruce should be, should be so uh, big, but maybe that's just me. And yeah, I c- but Oh, go ahead. He doesn't seem that old. Yeah, he doesn't seem like, yeah, he seems, what, like mid-20s? Yeah, I was Something like, he like doesn't, I don't even think mm. he's 30 in this. Yeah, and I, I, I definitely see the, see the sense in saying something about the age gap, considering how how it's been historically in the comics and stuff. But you, you know, I a lot of times when when it comes to stuff like that, I kind of try and gauge this series next to Batman the animated series, and kind of the impression I I got of those characters on that show. Mm-hmm. And you know, Harvey Dent on that show, he could have been Bruce's age. He could have been ten or twelve years older, easy. Mm-hmm. And you know, I, I, I don't. It's a deal. I don't think it's that big of a deal. Mm-hmm. But we'll, we'll let you continue on, Bobby. Sorry for interrupting. Even beyond that, there just wasn't much to like about this episode. I didn't like the villain, didn't like Barbara. Uh, only thing I did like was no uh, like Bruce and Alfred and the dynamic growing between them. I like how Alfred's having to toe the line between being a uh, manservant and legal guardian and maybe even a bit of a friend and confidant. Um, beyond that, there really wasn't much to like about this episode. Um, Barbara especially. I'm really getting tired of Barbara. Um, I think it was B-Boy in the chat room last week that said that Barbara Kane in this series uh, in Gotham is akin to uh, Laurie Grimes in The Walking Dead. At this mm-hmm. point, 
I almost wouldn't be uh, surprised or wouldn't mind even if uh, like Barbara and Montoya stayed together and then they asked Jim to help them, you know, have a kid <laughs> and then something happened oh. to Barbara. And so like Jim was left to have the kid, you know, raise uh, little Barbara Batgirl on his own. But, you know, that's just wishful thinking. So, again, didn't really care for this week's episode. Can't wait to hear what you guys thought. I love your theory. Yeah, definitely really like the theory. But, yeah, don't feel too bad about not liking Barbara. I'm pretty sure at this point they're You're writing not her not to be liked. She, she, she's a – what do the kids say these days? A hot mess. Yes. <laughs> she, yes, she is a hot she's mess. She's a big old hot mess and she – if anything's going to bring Jim Gordon down, it's going to be her, probably. But uh, thanks for the message, Bobby. Okay, uh, next up we have Rebecca. Take it away, Rebecca. Rebecca! Hey, Bill and Anne-Marie. It's Rebecca. And as a big Batman and Catwoman fan, I loved the heck out of this week's episode. How cute are little Bruce and little Selena? So cute! Love their meet cute, their introduction, uh, official introduction for the first time. I've been bonding over their families, even though Kat's description of her mother seems like more fantasy than reality. And I love their food fight. I even liked that Alfred, uh, I even liked Alfred's reaction to seeing Bruce get the chance to act like a kid, which was probably for the first time since his parents died. Selena is doing what every great Catwoman does for Batman. She brings out a brighter side to him and gets him to smile. Can't wait to hear your thoughts. Thank you very much, Rebecca. And yeah, yeah agreed on all points. Also, I, I'd like to point out that uh, that's Rebecca Johnson. Uh, she's at Derby Kid on Twitter. Uh, she she was a guest host on a, a podcast done by a friend of uh, the podcast, uh, the Flash Podcast. Podcast, 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 podcast. podcast. No, but she was the guest host uh, for the Flash Podcast oh, this cool. week. So yeah, uh, and they're a big friend of Legends of Gotham. So definitely go over there and check, check her out, out on there. Uh, we need to get her on this show sometime. We do, too, but that sure. means we'd have to have a guest on the show and we haven't done that really well we did that we had bobby maybe on. over the break <laughs> maybe be our christmas gift to you okay uh, let's see here uh laura randall just wanted us to know that she loves penguin thank uh, you laura randall yeah we it, love the penguin as well everybody loves penguin and right. you want to finish up here with yeah, michael Slater? michael Lucero. um what a great episode i wasn't crazy about the previous one but this one was on the same level wait but this one was on the same level if not better than the one with the plot twist about penguin and Falco. Um, a few thoughts. I wasn't all surprised that Kat was staying at Wayne Manor. In fact, I'm surprised it's taken this long for that to happen. True story. Um, <laughs> I felt like they were uh, telegraphing it. Telegraphing? Yeah, telegraphing. Okay, telegraphing it way back in episode two when Bruce had a conversation with Gordon about wanting to do something for the children affected by the doll maker mm -hmm. in which Gordon said that those kids need more than just donations. Well, That's fair. I, I actually – that felt more to me versus like them telegraphing it back then, more kind of a callback. Okay. I don't speak telegraphing. I uh, barely speak callbacks. But uh, telegraphing is the opposite of a callback. Oh, okay. That. Uh, Continue. <laughs> Let me continue, yes. Looks like Bruce has finally found a way to help what he was looking for. Um, seeing young Bruce embarrassed by the idea of liking a girl was pretty amusing. Also, develop, developing my own curriculum, academic areas that interest me, learning to be a superhero never sounded so enlightening. <laughs> um, it was also cute to see them bonding over their creepy skill, their creeping skills. Zen in the art of Batman. Yes. Um, I found it ironic that Gordon was ultimately the source of the idea to send criminals to Arkham, even if he didn't it. Me too, Michael. Yeah. And I didn't even read your letter. No. So take that doesn't sound good. Um, take care and can't wait to hear the podcast. <laughs> no, thank I'm saying you, Michael. I, thank you, Michael. I'm saying great minds think alike. Oh, sort of great stuff. minds! Right, that's what it is. Great uh, mediocre great minds. minds. 
mediocre minds think kind of the same. I think it's the quote. True story. <laughs> okay. And remember uh, next week, send in your uh, season impressions and your episode, episode impressions. Uh, legendsofgotham at gmail.com. The Twitter's at Legends of Gotham. The Facebook is facebook.com slash Legends of Gotham. Mm-hmm. And the voicemail number is 424-274-2352. Again, that's 424-274-2352. Okay, uh, Anne-Marie, where can people find you online? You can find me on the Twitters at Simone or at CCHCblog, which is crunchycrafty.com. And as for me, you can follow me on Twitter at Bill Meeks, uh, my Google Plus account where we uh, do these every Wednesday at 8.30 p.m. EST is uh, google.com slash plus Bill Meeks. And as mentioned before, you can pick up my new dog boy adventure at bit.ly slash eye of the scarab. Oh, and also you can get all the show notes and everything for this uh, show and check out this show and uh, get show. information about this show, show. at legendsofgotham.com. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess that's about it. And w- w- I can't believe we're almost through a half season. I know. It's- it feels like just yesterday we mm-hmm. said, hey, let's do a podcast. And here we are. Actually, it'll, it's almost a year because I did get like mm-hmm. the three-month-out uh, reminder about the domain name. It's been good, though, and I've really enjoyed it. I've been enjoyed uh, you know, interacting with all of our listeners and everybody mm-hmm. on Twitter and everything. Thank you, people. Thank it's been a blast. You. Mm-hmm. And uh, one more week of it, and then we get a little break anyway. Uh, join us next time for more Legends, Legends of Gotham. Gotham. Yum, that's awesome. Awesome.